0: This is the weekly sermon from Church of the Holy Trinity, a Reformed Episcopal parish of the Anglican Church in North America in Houston, Texas. Please join us on Sundays at 8:15 and 10:30 a.m. for Holy Communion and visit us on the web at holytrinityrec.org. Please enjoy the sermon. We continue our look at Proverbs chapter 16 uh, verses 16 through 19 uh, in this sermon series. There are six things that the Lord hates, seven that are an abomination to him. Haughty eyes, a lying tongue, and hands that shed innocent blood. A heart that devises wicked plans, feet that make haste to run to evil. A false witness who breathes out lies and one who sows discord among brothers. This morning we move to the third abomination, or the third thing that God hates our hands that shed innocent blood. This abomination from chapter 6 of Proverbs is the result, if you will, of the previous two abominations of haughty looks or pride and the lying tongue. The sins began with the eyes, if you will, then moved to the tongue and then to the action of the hands with murder. As humanity slides further into sin and darkness, you'll note that it chips away at the Ten Commandments of the Lord. Of course, godless heathens will ditch the first four commandments related to God in a heartbeat. It is the commandments regarding how we treat each other that are chipped away next. You can tell how far a nation has fallen by How many of these commandments are forsaken in favor of servicing self, of worshiping self? One might say, but murder surely is a universal taboo. For pagans, though, murder itself is relative, changeable in terms of shifting definitions in order to allow for the murder of certain types of people, whether it be members of a certain race, people with certain disabilities, or people even in the womb. How do we deal with the shedding of innocent blood? Do we turn to sinful man-made solutions? Or do we turn to the Bible, to the gospel of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ? This morning, let us focus on this abomination to see how Jesus has saved us and sustains us from sin on all fronts so that we may love, foster, and preserve life in his name. The first sin, after all, That we read about in Holy Scripture after the fall in the garden was murder, shedding innocent blood. By Satan's lie, that saying to Adam and Eve that you shall surely not die, humanity learned quickly in seeking to be God that murder is the natural consequence. With Cain slaying his brother, he exhibits where humans go when they self deify. If people get in the way of such sinful self-idolatry, those mired in such sins will lash out at any cost. Throughout the Bible, the struggle between the godly seed and the ungodly seed is strewn with the blood of the innocent. It culminates with Jesus Christ, the ultimate, the true innocent victim. It is not a surprise that it is the serpent, Satan, at the foundation of this, leading humanity to rebel and thus opening the doors of humanity's inhumanity to each other through murder, through the shedding of innocent blood. As we read in John chapter 8, verse 44, speaking of the Pharisees, you are of your father the devil and your will is to do your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning and has nothing to do with the truth because there is no truth in him. The statement from Jesus to the religious elite was appropriate because the religious elite, in rejecting him, eventually did Satan's bidding to murder the Son of God. The sin of shedding innocent blood hits us both on the individual level and on the national level. Cain murdered his brother, an individual to individual sin. The nation of Israel, both the people and their leadership, along with the imperial Authority of Rome murdered Jesus Christ. First John chapter three, verse four rings true for the murder for murder, whether it's illegal in the eyes of the state on an individual level or legalised on the state level. Everyone who makes a practice of sinning also practices lawlessness. Sin is lawlessness. The issue for all sinners, whether such sins are justified by an individual or officially by a country. Is that in the eyes of God, it is breaking his law, his word. It's an act of hatred. When the state advocates murder, it is in the name of replacing God with the worship of the state. When an individual advocates murder, it is in the name of replacing God with worshiping self. As we read today in Exodus, the Pharaoh was motivated to take these first steps in verses 9 and 10. Behold, the people of Israel are too many and too mighty for us. Come, let us deal shrewdly with them, lest they multiply, and if war breaks out, they join our enemies and fight against us and escape from the land. When the state and the leaders of the state see themselves as gods, they will do all in their power to subjugate groups under their care and to slavery and beyond. If you notice at the end of this verse, such sin towards the Jews was justified by using the national security excuse, defending oneself through even the murder of the innocent. Nothing should justify sin of any sort. When we let threats scare us, our sin nature leads us to seek sinful solutions. Quickly, as we read in Exodus today, this enslavement of the Hebrews turned to the murder of the innocent. Again, the Pharaoh justified the action through fear. As verse 16 records his command to the Hebrew midwives when you serve as a midwife to the Hebrew women and see them on the birth stool, if it is a son, you shall kill him. This was intended to slowly sap the strength and the numbers of the Hebrews to the point that they would no longer be feared as an internal threat. After the failure of this project, the Pharaoh extends this in verse 22. Then Pharaoh commanded all his people, Every son that is is born to the Hebrews, you shall cast into the Nile. Murder, the shedding of innocent blood, is never right. It is never justified. No matter how it is redefined or justified in terms of killing a segment of the population, whether in the womb or near the point of death with age and disease, Murder justified on the state level is simply lawlessness given the stamp of government authority and therefore is no longer just. Before congratulating ourselves in terms of saying that we don't have the problem of murder, we need to see what Holy Scripture teaches in terms of the heart of the matter, the foundation of the matter of murder itself. Verse 15 of 1 John chapter 3 states, Everyone who hates his brother is a murderer, and you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. When we display sinful anger, we display hatred. Hatred, after all, is harbored when we give into pride, when we give into lying, when we give into worshiping self. Our call in the face of those attempting to murder the innocent is not to reply with sinful hatred. The solution goes beyond anything we can come up with on a natural level. The solution to shedding innocent blood is the grace of God and Jesus Christ. Dying in our place as the perfect innocent victim. This love softens our hearts to see that we are all haters, if you will. Murderers at heart, whether through hatred of others, through support of murder at any level. Or the actual commission of the sin, we all need redemption from this sin. Repentance is submission to Jesus Christ, through dying to sin moves us away from the sinful emotion or behavior of murder towards godly love. As First John three verse five states, You know that he appeared in order to take away sins, and in him is no sin. Further in verse eight of our epistle, The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. Satan's chief work, as we read earlier, in Jesus' statement to the Pharisees, is murder. The execution of Jesus was state-orchestrated murder, with all levels of society and government conspiring against him to defeat the purpose of Almighty God. It was sinful humanity doing the bidding of the serpent from the garden. Yet the Messiah dying in the place of humanity that chose death through rebellion was the only way to save us. Christ's death was submitting to the will of the Father to die for the sin of the world. In such, he defeated death. He defeated murder through his resurrection, through his ascension. This leads us to our faith to identify with Jesus in dying ourselves through submitting to him, forever casting off the notion to die by sinful rebellion. The Holy Spirit in our lives of faith, through sanctification, moves us from the sin of rebellion leading to murder, whether in thought or action, to a loving dependence and obedience. For humanity in all ages, the temptation to sin is constant, whether on the individual level or the national level. We hear temptations from others around us to justify breaking God's law. We can also see the temptation to break God's law on the larger level every day in terms of our media and government with leaders with decrees and laws and speeches trying to tell us to embrace sin and death over following Jesus Christ. Sanctification or purification by the Spirit within constantly moves us toward what we read today in Psalm chapter 97, verse 10. "O you who love the Lord, hate evil. He preserves the lives of his saints. He delivers them from the hand of the wicked. We often get into sinful snags when impatient through trying to deliver our own lives from the hand of the wicked. In such impatience, we show a lack of love for God and rather embrace our own sort of sin and the commission of fighting back against evil by fighting with evil ourselves. Hatred of evil is necessary for God's love to be embraced and to flow from us to those that need to hear his love, to those that need to convert and repent. See, the active ingredient against evil is not to fight evil with evil. But the following that we read in Romans chapter 12, verse 21. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. This is only possible through the gracious love of God and Christ that died in our place, raising us up, saving us, all of us that have identified with the death of Jesus Christ by dying ourselves by faith in our baptisms. The rejection of evil by the love of Christ applied to others as a lifetime work of the spirit in our lives, in our midst. It is his work within us that we must submit to every moment that we have. This sort of work was seen as we read further today in Exodus in the response of the midwives to the Pharaoh's murderous edict. He wanted them to murder all the Hebrew boys after birth and as we read they refused The foundational point we find throughout the Bible and how to deal with a leader that tells us to sin against God is to disobey. For God is the highest authority. Every age carries these same sorts of temptations from the state just as we have the same temptations to worship self instead of God. There's no difference between making oneself God and making the government God. Both lead to a point in life where we embrace pride, lies, and even murder. The proper response to both sins is rejection and repentance followed by embracing Jesus as our sovereign Lord. For the midwives, we read that they feared God in refusing to murder the babies. Overcoming evil with good is not to submit to the evil, but to counter the evil with the good in Jesus. The question we must ask against the pull of this world to worship either self or the state is where is our fear of God? The constant we must cling to in Jesus Christ is self-examination of where we have allowed ourselves to sin, where we have allowed ourselves to embrace sin, to embrace the sin of others, to embrace even the sin of the state. From here, we must repent and stand up as the midwives stood up, Not by their own strength, but by faith, by the fear of God. We have a wonderful gift in Jesus Christ through the Holy Spirit as his church. We have one another for a purpose. May we cling to Christ and each other as his church to reject murder at all levels as evil, to hate it, to respond with the love of God as the midwives did, preserving life instead of what comes naturally to us to fight evil with evil of our own. Jesus died for us as the innocent victim, innocent blood shed. Jesus died even for the hands that put him to death. May we embrace this love. May we embrace this mercy and this truth and pray for the help to respond to those that embrace idolatrous murder at all levels with the love of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.